0: Hello, my name is Christopher Monroe and welcome to the soundtrack to a life. soundtrack to a life. Chris here, because I was Chris before and will still be. Tim is back. Hey, Tim. Hello, everybody. And we are here today talking about Rob Zombie's 1998 album Hellbilly Deluxe. Tell me about this piece of music. What's your relationship with it?
1: Well, it's actually really interesting. Um, There's certain points in your life that you just have those vivid memories. And for me, this one was anticipated. So c j ninety two actually did a special just for this release because of how the album was, and I didn't even know that like it was just a fluke. I was on the bus and I turn on the radio and so they're playing the tracks and having a an interview with Rob zombie that I think was not recorded at c j they were just replaying it and it was so cool to hear the songs for the very, very first time, as well as Rob talking about his influences and how the album came about, his past with White Zombie, and how when he was growing up, he was basically sat in front of a TV. He was like of the generation that was the TV generation and, you know, watching the Monsters and Adam's Family and those very, very cool shows from the 50s. And, you know, the very, very first track called Dragula. That was the car in the Monsters that they drove around in. Oh! Yeah, so obviously you didn't remember that until I just said it. I didn't remember that it was The Car from the Monsters, no. Yeah, and so for me, I was hooked from not only the tracks, but also the story and the amount of thought that he actually put into his music and the influences and and being able to pull from his childhood, sitting in front of a television, you know, and watching those shows and being like, yeah, this is really cool, and how he really connected with that darker side of life And how also these families were still just people and they were different and it also was breaking stereotypes and even our prejudices about people. Because really when you look back at those shows, that was our racism and our separation in a way that they could write it and make it on TV.
0: Yeah, otherness in a G-rated way. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously I recognize Dragula. Dragula was fucking everywhere the year that this came out. That was a very popular song. The song was released before the uh, CD came out. Or... Yeah, it was the lead-off single. Uh, I remember vaguely the video as well of him in a car that, if he I doesn't... recall, was on fire.
1: Well, there's flames coming yep. out of the back because of the pipes. Again, like it's the big engine, and it's flaming, and he's just like burning down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and there is a Monsters episode where they actually have a drag race, and the whole show is around how they're getting their car ready, and it just goes like smoke, and they end up winning the race. Nice. and that's again I haven't seen that or even thought about that until just now for probably 32 years
0: yeah but it, I remember it that's how that goes it sticks with you like and it was, was just,
1: one of those classic you know basically it was your hot rods because back in the 50s everybody was like chopping up their cars it was your first chopped up hot rod
0: yeah build your own and Dracula would also make for a terrific name for a burlesque performer mm-hmm. if you're a burlesque performer out there I would <laughs> heartily recommend it <laughs> yeah. or a roller derby person would
1: you have to be a drag queen to have Dragula as your name?
0: Follow your heart. <laughs> <laughs> the intro to this record as well
1: oh. is... Because it's right out of a TV show. Basically I think, like, perfect? Yeah. It's it's that intro horror. You got the small children. Yeah. You know, careful while, you know, devil comes to chop off your heads and then the little giggle and it just like sets the tone for what you're getting yourself into.
0: I would have been disappointed if they didn't open on A Creepy Child. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this music requires that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> As I'm saying that... Well, I'm... and it
1: reminds you too, like, and again, something that I even looked up a couple weeks ago and haven't found yet, but the traditional Freddy Krueger Nightmare on Elm Street movies, you know, one, two...
0: Because they three, get it. Three,
1: four, they five, see six,
0: the value yeah. of creepy children yep. talking in unison. There well, is... this is only one child. I think it's only one,
1: and it's very, very quiet, and it's very, very
0: sweet and creepy. (laughs) Perfect. And we are into it. Yeah. And then, 38 minutes, we are out of it, which is great. This is one of my bugaboos. Albums that take uh, too much time? Revisiting uh, 90s records for this show specifically. Congratulations to Rob Zombie for, in the year of our Lord, 1998, at the height of bloated, overlong albums because CDs can fit, 70 or 80 minutes of music on them in the midst of the worst period for filler and album tracks you will never listen to again but can't skip or delete because we haven't gone digital yet (laughs) releasing an album that is 38 minutes for 13 songs no bloated guitar solos no elaborate musical breakdown in the middle He's getting in, he's making his point, and he's getting the fuck out.
1: Oh, and it's a ride the whole time. Like, there's not even... This is one of those records I put on, listened to straight through, and then you're... I guess you're saying, yes, it's quick, and then I'm disappointed there's not a little bit more. Because it's so fast.
0: Right? But every song that he wrote during this period, presumably, is worse than this. Because if it wasn't, he would have put it on.
1: That's fair. These, that, you're right. Like these these are, the are 13... the, That's right. Those are the 13 that made the cut. To be able to be on this record. Yeah.
0: That's fair. That's he fair. wanted to do something quick. There's a lot of energy and thrust and momentum. He gets in. He makes a case for why he should be allowed to be a rock star. And he leaves. It's a strong yep. case. And we allowed him to be a rock star. Because this is his
1: very first solo album after the collaboration with White Zombie, right? And now he's making movies. He's he in. That, he's in that... What's the genre called where it's, like, the Chop House movies? Yeah, yeah,
0: Grindhouse. Grindhouse, that's it. Yeah, doing Grindhouse horror movies, which,
1: frankly... And for him, worked perfect.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Are Rob Zombie movies good? They are right out of
1: the 1980s, exactly what you want to expect out of a cheesy B horror flick, in my
0: opinion. Okay. I like a cheesy 80s horror movie. And I imagine, like, he does have a very striking visual sense to himself and to his music videos. So I presume that they would be good, but I've never actually sat down and done a Rob Zombie day. Um, They're
1: they're exactly what you would expect with surprisingly less gore than you – from the couple that I've seen, I would say. Because he redid the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I think. Yes, he did.
0: And And then House of a Thousand Corpses. Yes.
1: And so really you'd think there'd be more gore, but the the actual suspense and the right timing for screams and shock and awe are are all – everything kind of fits. And that's – Again, a testament to his creativity and his sense of purpose and what he's trying to deliver.
0: Yeah, he's got a really clear idea of what he wants to do, and he doesn't deviate from that. Which, I guess, is why White Zombie broke up. He wanted that sense of dictatorial control over the art that he was making. Which is a fair thing to want, but also does not maintain your relationship with other people who are making this art with you.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Super one, well. And White Zombie was on my list of sitting on the riding the bus in high school. And this was like I had just moved away from home. It was before my first daughter was born. I was not really like I was in college. And for me, when I I grew up in a very, very, very small town. And at 18, moved to Calgary. The very first place I lived was 1139 42nd Avenue Northeast across from Forest Lawn High. Oh, yeah. Welcome to to the real world, you better figure your shit out. (laughs) Yep, yep, that is a neighborhood. Right? And so, I still had my CD collection, it went everywhere with me, and then, like I said, I was already a fan of White Zombie, this album was highly anticipated, and I just happened to be riding on the bus, and I have my yellow Walkman that I bought at the pawn shop downtown Calgary. One of the very Absolutely also had that Walkman. The Sportsman waterproof one. They get out all the gadgets to make sure you didn't get it wet. You could play mm-hmm. with it in the rain. And I bought it at the pawn shop right on 7th Ave. It's surprising you're not the same place I bought my wedding rings
0: <laughs> for my first marriage. Nice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then so like if I didn't have the tapes or I was bored with tapes and I just happened to turn on the radio and this was playing. And then, then I was like, yes. Oh, my God. This is exactly what I've been looking for. And then I had to share it with every single person I saw. It didn't matter who you were. I'm like, have you heard the new Rob Zombie album? Oh, well, you need to. And go buy them copies. Like I would get them a way to listen to this. And then when you um, saw my list and we had to make a couple of changes, I was like, okay, this is the one that if you haven't heard it, let's go with this one.
0: And rightly so. Like this is great music for living in kind of a sketchy neighborhood (laughs) and figuring your shit out. Like these are – punchy, muscular songs that get you really amped up to deal with whatever it is that you have to deal with today. Absolutely. And Rob is singing them with an enormous amount of personal charisma. Um, he doesn't have what anybody would call a clean voice. No. But it's a strong voice. And I couldn't imagine... He is an artist. He's definitely falling into the camp of, I would not want anyone else to sing these songs that's fair. And also, I would not want Rob Zombie... Mad at you. ...to sing different songs from these.
1: But again, I've heard
0: him sing other songs, and I really, really enjoy it. I would rather have him sing his own songs, though. That's fair. Like, yeah. the Rob Zombie-Taylor Swift collaboration... I didn't hear it. No, it's not going to happen. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. not real. <laughs> okay.
1: Because, <laughs> you know, you, there is a lot of stuff I haven't heard, so... That's that true. could have totally been... You could have...
0: You, kind of fished me a little bit yep. there <laughs> <I was> like <laughs> biggest song this year was from a 16 year old soundcloud rapper and the Breaky breaky heart guy yep pop got weird at some point um the rhythm section to this as well is like dancier I than, than i expected it to be well it, like for a harder rock act
1: and again if you the people i was sharing with it was surprising it was like Some of the people who really, really gravitated were like 15-year-old girls in 1998 that just absolutely, this was different for them. This was something that they wouldn't have been exposed to otherwise, and it probably got them into listening to other things like Slipknot and Tool and, you know, those darker bands that some girls in 1998 probably weren't going to be exposed to and then went, oh my God, my life has now changed because I know who Rob Zombie is.
0: And I mean, it would be good music to dance to. I guess yeah. I shouldn't have been surprised because, like Nine Inch Nails and Manson were doing a similar dance beats with hard rock played over top of them.
1: Marilyn Manson didn't even have a drummer; they were yeah. playing with a just a freaking drum pad, basic backtracks for the first like three tours they went on. <laughs>
0: yeah, but um, unlike those two artists, uh, Rob Zombie here is not using tension and anxiety. In the same way, it's
1: it's the fun, campy kind
0: of. Like he's more, he's more of a school of like the '70s shock rock type people, like an Alice Cooper. Yep, I I would. That 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 is in line for sure. Or Kiss.
1: And the and then the production value for sure. Even when you look at his music videos, there is a purpose and an intent in every single one of those shots. Like I'm not. If any of you listening really understand the way a movie is made and how much it takes to do that. Even his music videos have they don't have that music video look to them. They have that cinematic look to them.
0: Another reason why it makes sense he became a director. Yeah. Like in the video for Dracula, he looks like a ridiculous person, but also the design and direction of the video is immaculate. Every shot is there for a reason of him being a ridiculous person. Swinging a steering right. wheel. That and that's the hardest thing
1: is to be ridiculous in the most serious way And I think the great artists are able to Let go of what other people think about them and just put in that intent and do what they're going to do Whether you like it or not, but know that I have an intent and in why I'm doing it And that's why I can do it seriously.
0: Absolutely, and he's out there bringing that energy like he's he is like a Cartoon yeah, character like a cartoon character. Absolutely. Yeah like a. <laughs> Like a young Alice Cooper type or Kiss if Kiss didn't totally suck ass. You
1: don't like Kiss? Come at me, Kiss fans.
0: <laughs> Kiss were not a good band.
1: Oh, well, they were, <laughs> no, they were amazing marketers. That There is a big difference.
0: That's very true.
1: Like where they you know, sit down and design their whole entire portfolio before they even wrote a track. Their image to the comic books, to the toys, yeah. to their whole entire release was all done before they even went into the recording studio, yeah. from my understanding. The music was correct me if I'm wrong. I believe that you are correct. But this is Rob Zombie, not a not
0: a kiss podcast. I feel like we're still in the (laughs) the right thing. (laughs) And I'll never miss an opportunity to bash kiss. Fair enough. That band sucked. Stop listening to them at home. (laughs) I do have some kiss albums, but my favorite one is one that other artists
1: redid the kiss songs. Oh, like ones that ones that could play. (laughs) That is like that is my favorite kiss album, so that could be a fair point people who
0: are you know
1: re-recording Kiss's music is doing a better job
0: yeah yeah <laughs> I like this music I just wish that this band would not play it there you go Could we get a good <laughs> band in to play these songs please <laughs> not a great sign how does um, how does Hellbilly Deluxe play live have you seen Rob Zombie play no I have not
1: seen him live I haven't had the uh, opportunity to uh, I think the closest he would have been where I had an opportunity I would have had to go to Seattle
0: I mean, that'd be a fun road trip.
1: Absolutely. And again, he's still doing those tours, but they just don't seem to get... There was the most recent one in Edmonton that I've missed, because I've been working like a forking slave. So there was not an opportunity for me to go up to Edmonton to see the most latest rock fest, but that would have been a good show.
0: I would like for Calgary to get more concerts, Yeah, but also I could not afford to go to all of the concerts that I wanted to last year, so maybe Calgary's fine.
1: And that's it. I mean, and I don't mind doing road trips. I just really need to be able to be thoughtful and carve out the time and the day that the tickets go on sale is usually not that day because you have to kind of
0: be ready for it. (laughs) Plus there's the um, time of year issue. For a drive to Seattle you don't want to be trekking through the Rockies (laughs) in January. No. You might die.
1: That's very very true. I mean just driving down the street to the 7-Eleven you may die in Calgary on an icy road. (laughs) Uh, A
0: friend of mine Sarah and I After seeing her and being very impressed at the Calgary Stampede, we're talking about following her tour through the Calgary-Portland-Seattle axis, which I keep threatening to do, like pick a band I like, go to all three towns, catch them on consecutive days. Uh, And then we found out that the show was in January and realized we would die in the mountains.
1: Yeah, I I did do that with Collective Soul, because I went and saw them. I was at uh, Stage 13 in Camrose, made the trip back home, went to the at the Coca-Cola stage at the Stampede, saw them literally two days in a row. And then my friend actually got me tickets to for their show in the Jubilee. So I saw them three times in one year. Nice. And that for me, like I, I really actually like Collective Soul. Not a lot of people still do. They don't last for them, but for me they do. Yeah, they're not like a hip
0: band. No, they're they're not they're a
1: Christian band you... with
0: some really, really good tonal qualities. So. Yeah. yeah. I don't think they're bad at what they do. No. But yeah, nobody's ever scored points.
1: Oh, you jumping, jumping up Gay. to defend. Yeah. To
0: collect... Well, that raises you in my esteem.
1: However, one of my best photography pieces is I was riding the mosh pit at that Coca-Cola stage and I got a perfect picture.
0: Nice. Yeah, it was right. awesome. That would be a ton of fun. I would see them live if they came to town. Collective Soul? Yeah. yeah, it's a good. They'd put it on a good show. I would see Rob Zombie too. He should come to town. Rob Zombie, come to town.
1: Yeah, please come to Calgary. We've been waiting 21 years now gonna be 22 to see you live in calgary
0: i've only been waiting about a week <laughs> but i'm sure I... you've
1: been here in those 22 years i was probably just you know busy with kids and jobs yeah. and
0: turns out stuff. having a human being who will die if you leave the room for five seconds
1: yeah and i i had my first at 20 so it's been a lot of taking care of people who are smaller than me <laughs> yeah
0: that strongly checks out <laughs> i'm getting my ridiculous partying out of the way now for when i have a dog in the new year
1: yeah the you definitely turn a page and you have – when you go to your daughter's house for Thanksgiving dinner, that's a different moment in your life. When you can go an entire month – like we went August this month and both of our kids were not home. Like yeah. we were empty nesting because both our kids were gone.
0: That seems great. <laughs> it was
1: kind of – it was – wow. It's a, you think you're going to do so much stuff, but no. <laughs> we didn't do anything. Yeah, So <laughs> listen to music and watch TV. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's what I go through every time to a much lesser degree obviously. If I have like a Saturday off? Nice, I got a Saturday off. I'm gonna enjoy the weekend like a regular person. Now what the <laughs> fuck do people do on a Saturday? This bar is too crowded, I'm going to leave now. I'll be watching Netflix.
1: <laughs> uh, there's people outside, I don't need to go and... I've already done the peopling all week, now is my time to knock
0: people. <laughs> That's correct. I run all of my errands on Tuesday at three o'clock in the afternoon with headphones on. Everything gets done and I don't interact with anyone. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Back to Rob Zombie, just to keep us on track. Uh, another as far as who might have been contemporary to Rob Zombie that I heard tones of was Garbage. Yeah,
1: that's fair. But I would have to listen to a lot more Garbage to get exactly the theme that you're going to. Uh,
0: it's the same kind of like hard rock tones, dance beats. Because
1: again, Garbage was widely popular for five years, right? Yeah,
0: they were a lot sexier than Rob Zombie. Because the tone of Shirley's voice is very different than Rob's. Yeah. But structurally, they felt similar. Um, and you should totally dip back into garbage. Those yeah. first two records especially super hold up. But yeah, I guess there was more angry dance music in the like mid-late 90s.
1: Yeah. Than I, I mean, give credit again, for. Again, we may have talked about the goth genre a little bit. But this definitely fit the time period that it would right there with the fashion and the mood and everything that was kind of happening at that time where we're having these really 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 depressing kind of storylines come out and we have teenage angst to the most violent that it had been in a long while where we're having mass shootings and things like that and I I really by this music being available I think it gave a lot of people a release to be able to just sit there and bounce around and kind of bump shoulders and do the mosh pit thing because Mosh pits aren't the same as they were in the 90s. No. By any means, except Mm. by the 40-year-olds who are trying to recreate
0: them. We did not (laughs) regulate our mosh pits. At all. To the degree that they probably should have been back there, to be honest. Yeah,
1: the fact that you actually had security helping you over the gate to stand on the stage and jump off of it. Yep. Yep. That was real, guys. Yeah. Like, if you're younger than 25, we were escorted to the stage to allow us to jump onto people.
0: That is correct. (laughs) Um, Dickens, if you've been to a gig there. Yeah. Still rocking the unregulated mosh pit. Yeah. And throwing humans around.
1: That is a smaller venue. The acts might be a little bit different. Yep.
0: Yeah. But no, 90s Calgary would mosh to anything. Well, and also 90s, Leonard Cohen got a mosh pit.
1: 90s Calgary at this time still also had three cheers, The Fox and the Hound, and what's it? Uh, Coconut Joe's with $3 covers and 5 cent draft and 10 cent eyeballs. So you also had a lot of young, very, very drunk people who really just were able to get off steam. Like oh, they we yeah. changed laws because of the stuff that we were doing at this time. <laughs> in this city
0: <laughs> i know i definitely at venom for last call ordered 20 you get a whole tray for 20 dollars of... <laughs> and left them on my table for whoever might want them
1: and that was you just being able to be generous there was the times that you miss your last train and you have to walk back to forest lawn oh i was not that one guy but there were times where i walked from the former back alley all the way to the um, Sandman Hotel, because t- I knew I could get a cab on the corner of 8th and 8th.
0: Yes, there will always be a
1: cab on 8th and 8th.
0: <laughs> there will always be Crack Max. Yep. They did close down that Denny's where high schoolers used to well, drink. Well, they
1: changed it into a Moxie's. Yeah, but it's not it's...
0: Denny's where high schoolers <laughs> yeah. drink. That's right. 24 hours a day, Denny's,
1: on the corner of 8th and 8th. We actually had it good. Didn't Full we? of
0: drunken, chain-smoking <laughs> high schoolers. Yeah. <laughs> And with a nice water
1: park right across the street.
0: All of this is completely unjustifiable. (laughs) Like, do you ever, like, look at your youth and go, man, all of this was trash. What is even happening? How were we a society? And we are
1: now the functioning people who are supposed to take the society to the next level. Maybe we needed to get to the depravity to be able to make better (laughs) life choices. That might be. But now it seems
0: like we're just working, like... I mean, we're (laughs) still walking around, so something went okay. Uh, And there is a sense of catharsis to Rob Zombie's music. Like, you get a real sense of energy and urgency out of it. Mm -hmm. It is difficult to listen to and not move.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Um, And nor just be able to, like, get your aggression out. Like, it really allows that outlet.
0: Yeah, channel it somewhat. I would imagine he was a polarizing artist. Well, and then there was also,
1: like... You've got the Nancy Reagans and that kind of group that was trying to shut down this music at the exact same time it was coming out. Shit.
0: That was 10 years before this came out. Don't make us sound that old. Okay. So you're <laughs> like,
1: but it was still the same type of articles that's, and, and that's, that group still worked.
0: Yeah. That's the kind <laughs> of drop that somebody, uh, somebody in their 50s would drop in. Okay. Having fair. lived through it in the 80s. Fair. We
1: fair. lived
0: through it in the 90s. I don't want to feel old. Fair. <laughs> he said on a podcast that he invented... To talk about 20-year-old punk records. Uh, (laughs) And yeah, I appreciate how gleefully he goes over the top. Like, you can never go far enough over the top for something like this. Drive a souped-up hot rod on fire, screaming into the abyss, drinking whiskey from the bottle, and screaming into the night.
1: Absolutely. Who
0: deserves that more than you? And this is the perfect soundtrack for that. Mm -hmm. Very specific experience. Not enough horror rock performers make themselves into giant cartoons
1: and it was exactly what i needed when i it came out really for the transition that you're going through between that high school university you know meeting girls gonna have kids like it was it was a culture shock a hundred percent everything that i went through personally and it was just like hey now i get to go party with my friends let's listen to this and just let it all out
0: yeah it would i could definitely see this as something that would take you out of a terrible day and put you in a mood where you are i also
1: got this album around the exact same time I met your fiance. Oh, really? Yeah, so the age of this album is the same age as the relationship that I have with Chelsea. Nice! Yep. It's your friendship soundtrack. And I did share it with her as well, so she
0: was introduced to this album by me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's how that goes. Previous to being able to just text someone a song that you liked. Nope. we actually had to be in the
1: same room with the same CD player or record player and press play and go, hey, everybody listen to this. Yeah, I know that
0: you had looked forward to enjoying my company. Instead, I'm going to request that you put on these headphones. Yeah, perfect. (laughs) Just sit here by yourself for 39 minutes. (laughs) No, I've definitely... I have a similar relationship with Screamadelica, certainly, by Primal Scream, with The Queen is Dead by The Smiths, and i would just wander around at parties no here trust me i'm gonna put on screamadelica in your basement and then i'm going to come back in an hour and see who is on drugs in your basement and an hour later we have weeded out everyone who is on drugs and they are now in the basement and everyone else is upstairs and again in
1: 1998 that is 100% truth if you're between the ages of 18 and 22. <laughs> Give or take, we were not responsible. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> and that's the other part, again, aging ourselves. But the digital age that we are in now, the stuff that we were able to do that was not documented to the sense oh, that... Like, could not be
0: happier. It saved
1: us. It saved us so much.
0: I could not be happier that there was no social media when I was in high school. No. I was garbage. <laughs> no record of which will ever be uh, known.
1: Yeah, I got the seven pictures including my Harry Potter grad picture that's like very, very, very few pictures of Timothy between 1994 and 1998 exist until my baby was born and then there's lots.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a ton of... Photos of drunks at a karaoke pub from 2005 that I discovered in a box. And it's your, yeah, you're in it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, to chronicle things. You'd, uh, but that's a hard copy photo that yeah, isn't going
1: to go anywhere unless somebody takes a picture of it and then posts
0: it on social media. That is correct. <laughs> um, but yeah, we would do a thing where we would buy a disposable camera and then leave it out at a bar. And then whoever took the last picture yeah. has to get it uh, developed. And no one will ever see. Not that I've made any bones about the ridiculous nonsense that I got up to in my 20s. <laughs> so, I don't know what why I would be embarrassed are. by it.
1: That's what photo albums are for. And, you know, they may or may not come out at, you know, special occasions when you're around your family. And then there's the whole cupboard that's the ones that nobody ever gets to see. We all have those. Too. Yep. This
0: is just <laughs> we have them. them and they're not included. <laughs> no, absolutely not. And I should I should watch Rob Zombie movies. And I should, too, There is more as there's well. There's a real glee to his approach for this like he in a like there was a lot of energy going around in the 90s but not a lot of hard rock acts were bringing joy to the music that they were making during this period that was very dark so to have an artist who is this visual and who is willing to admit out loud in 1998 that being a rock star is actually very fun it's a very fun thing to do with your time that I enjoy a lot. Now let's set this car on fire together well, and then too, dance around like, it while it burns.
1: Even in that interview, his inner child is the base. And that's why it's so good, I think, is because he is going back to his most primal inner child feelings of what made him happy as a kid and shared that
0: experience with us. And yeah, I was very surprised by that sense of youth and of play. They were not things that I in any way expected when you handed me. Here's a hard rock record from the nineties. <laughs> well that's going to be probably excellent and a little bit draining.
1: <laughs> no. No, it's like, oh, you're right. It was short, but you probably are like, I could probably listen to that again
0: right now. Yeah, it's very good. <laughs> start it over again from the start. It's fun. Yeah. Uh I would like to see him direct a comedy. And I will well, again, but, like, with but his he's... Rob Zombie aesthetic.
1: But if you watch his movies, you will find
0: that in there. No, but, like, bringing it back to his childhood growing up. Oh, sure. Being raised by TV. Oh, like a TV comedy, like a sitcom type of thing? Or a film. But, like, if they announced tomorrow that Rob Zombie, going forward, was going to be in charge of rebooting the Adams Family. Yeah,
1: Absolutely. You'd know that would be... <laughs> An absolutely great show, but he would probably do the monsters before he did Adam's family. Good, because I
0: think that there's a cartoon version of Adam's family making right there. now. Yeah, that I just don't...
1: just came out on I think the um, Amazon Prime or something like that. Yeah, I can't remember
0: all the Adam's family you want, and none of the Christina Ricci and Raul Julia. Why would I want that cartoon? <laughs> 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 Christina Ricci is alive. She tweeted a photograph of herself dressed as Morticia. That was super on point recently. Put her in a goddamn movie. <laughs> let Rob Zombie direct it. Yes. Make this happen, Hollywood. And I would do a Monsters reboot. Well, and the but that thing was is a good it, show too.
1: And it's it's been long enough. Like you got to let things <clears throat> marinate for a little.
0: Yeah. Like we would uh, – we still have our warm feelings toward it rather than our vague irritation. Well, we,
1: we do because, again, we had TBS and those networks that allowed us to be able to – and I mean I don't know how many kids are watching that old TV channel. Like I don't even know if I have it on my cable package. TV time, is that what it's called? Yeah, probably. I don't know, but you can go get those if you want to mm. search them out or if you go and try to share them with your family, but I don't think they resonate with our current kids. Yeah, probably For me not. to put on the monsters right now for, for my 14 year old, I'm not sure how yeah. she would react to it.
0: We have the same relationship with 60s television that young people today have with Friends or The Office. Yeah, because Bailey loves Friends. She watches. She's 20 now, and she missed
1: Friends when it was out on TV. But she watches the Netflix version like crazy. I tried to force my kids to watch some Monty Python. Didn't land at all. They just didn't understand the British humor whatsoever. Whereas when my dad shared it with me at around the same age, I thought it was great. Yeah.
0: (laughs) There's a lot of weird shit that came out during that period, like The Monsters and the Addams Family. Obviously, I Dream of Genie. And I Love Lucy was a staple. Yep, yep. But like, I'm talking about the ones that were just bug fucking insane. Mm. And creative storytelling on a sitcom yeah. type basis. Here's a sitcom family. Yeah, but what's our supernatural element? Do we need one? Oh yes. yes. Everybody else is doing it. Otherwise, how is it a sitcom <laughs> if no one is a witch or a vampire or
1: some such thing? Yeah. And that's the one thing that I don't have the memory of in the interview is how did we? What was the first show in that genre that? started at all and i'm not sure if it would have been like the original dracula movie that black and white oh yeah, yeah. and then like the... and then because that was now 30 years old people were starting to reboot those kind of things
0: that could be culture moves in cycles yeah we are always consuming and then repurposing the culture as it goes around us those old universal monsters uh, thankfully were not made into an extended movie universe starting with tom cruise's the mummy but you better believe they tried. I actually refused to watch that one
1: on all, So I can't even judge it. <laughs> I just haven't watched it. It even. was very
0: bad. Was it very bad? Yeah. Which is a shame. Actually, it's not a shame. I don't want Tom Cruise to make franchises. I like Tom Cruise as the only box office commanding movie star who does weird projects that aren't part of a massive franchise based on cool ideas for movies. And good scripts. Yeah. He yep. keeps... Sometimes bad scripts... But always like a new script. Like other than Mission Impossible, everything that dude does is something weird that struck his fancy. Which is what we claim that we want from our artists. Yeah, as opposed to the what we colors. actually go to watch, notwithstanding.
1: Yeah, and that's the other part: is the masses, that mob mentality, will just follow it.
0: Yeah. Every time I complain about reboot and franchise culture in cinema, and then definitely I will go see the next Avengers movie. So I'm part of the problem. Well, are you going to see the new Charlie's Angels? No, I will not. <laughs> I will not see the new Charlie's <laughs> Angels. Controversial hot take, the 2000s Charlie's Angels reboot. Was that enough? No, it was perfect. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I had a, I, I have
1: and had a crush on Drew Barrymore since she was four. She's Correctly. only four years older than me. So, you know, watching her in E.T. and growing up with her. Yeah. I've watched well, pretty much anything that she'll be in. Yeah,
0: but is she in the reboot? Not in the
1: reboot. I mean, she the might have one? a cameo. I haven't seen it yet. So. Yeah. She owns the
0: franchise. Well, then she probably she makes a
1: cameo. spent all of her... Amazing money. 90s money. Yeah.
0: <laughs> buying the rights to Charlie's Angels, which then proceeded to make her spectacularly wealthy. There you go. So, good call her. Yeah. When Vin Diesel spent all of his Vin Diesel money buying the rights to Riddick, yeah. it did not make no. him... <laughs> but he's having fun with it. Vin Diesel should be in a Rob Zombie movie. There yeah. are things that I want from Rob Zombie. I want for him to reboot The Addams Family. With Christina Ricci. With Christina Ricci as goddamn Morticia. I want for him to do an action movie that stars Vin... He could direct a Riddick movie. Yeah, he could. That would be a good flick. I would watch a Rob Zombie movie in which Vin Diesel is allowed to play Riddick, one of his favorite things to do. Yep. There would be so much open and honest glee. To that entire project and I wanna make it happen. So we do need to send this
1: particular podcast to Rob Zombie. To Mar- Rob Zombie, yeah, yes. Absolutely. And hopefully they pass it on. Yeah, ideally. Yeah. I'll we'll just tweet it at him later. We love you, Rob. If you haven't if you haven't got that yet, and he's only new. I've only heard
0: this one record, but it's very good, Rob. Now, direct a Riddick movie <laughs> and then reboot the Adams Family. I've known you for a week and I feel like I can tell you what to do. <laughs> that is the level of entitlement that I'm bringing to this interaction, which I guess brings us pretty close to the end. I think so. Uh, I'm going to end the episode, as I tend to, by answering three questions. Uh, yeah, I'm going to fucking listen to this again. This is very good. This is fun music. It gets you pumped up. It's got a real head fist pump fist-pump-in-the-air type of a quality to it that is very enjoyable. Should I bother with the rest of his catalog as a solo artist? I don't know them. Really, I have to actually listen to them myself. Because oh, I just, again, I bought this album. You only listen to... to this one Rob Zombie record? Yep. There's a lot of that going around. Yep. He kind of dropped off the map after Dracula. And I again, know. it's not because I don't love you, it's just because of life. <laughs> yeah, you had to make sure a baby doesn't die. And I guess after this, we as a culture had moved on to embrace new metal and rap rock and had no room for an artist this Are you weird. trying to put
1: Kid Rock in that little category there or what?
0: And limp biscuit. And limp biscuit, yeah. I'm not saying it was a good call. No. <laughs> it was absolutely the wrong call. But it is the call that we made in the late nineties. As a society, it's, unfortunately. We is. are going to be limp biscuiting, kid rocking, and insane clown posseing going forward, mm-hmm. we said. And we have no room for you or your giant fiery hot rod. Of but you we will let you make amazing dancing. movies. We yeah. will let
1: you make amazing movies.
0: Yeah, no. Bad call. And as far as uh ending out the episode Dracula, Dragula, right? Oh, yeah. We could do Dragula. you got to close on Dragula. Yeah, we can close There's on Dragula. No way not to. Yeah. Uh, this has been the Soundtrack to a Life. Follow along on Facebook and Twitter at SoundtrackCast, SoundtrackCast.com. Like us, share us, rate us, review us, tell people in person about us. If you write a glowing review, I read it and then smile. And then you've made someone's day better. And that feels good to do. Tim, you got any projects in the works? You anything you want to plug? You didn't last uh, two weeks, but...
1: Yeah, I know. Um, Right now, my daughter is actually inspiring me because she's been practicing guitar more than I have, which is pretty insane. Um, So, yeah, I'm just going to be kind of working on my own own stuff. Uh, We're just redoing the project studio at home, so I'll be able to have my space again. Right now, it's been a storage room, so... That's in the works. I have a really beautiful 12-string guitar and some ideas and definitely going to be uh, playing some more music.
0: Nice. This has been the Soundtrack to a Life, everybody. Tune in again in about two weeks where I will have someone new in and we will be talking about something potentially very different from this. See ya.